1: But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey Live every weekday at noon Eastern.)
0: Welcome into Daily Face-Off Live. It is Thursday, January 11th. We are streaming live on the Daily Face-Off YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Over on the YouTube, though, that's where we're looking for our inbox question. Drop them in there with the hashtag AskDFO. The show, as always, is brought to you by Patano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. We'll have our bets of the day later on in the show as well. I'm Tyler Remchick. He is Frank Saravalli. Frank, happy Thursday. How's it going?
2: Happy Thursday. It feels like, I don't know why, for all week, it's felt like Friday, and I'm like, oh, Still got another day to go
0: because there's been so much news, so many headlines around the NHL, lots for us to get to today on the show. So let's fire it up and rattle through four topics, starting with Corey Perry, Frank. He met with the commissioner and, you know, the term reinstated doesn't really apply. He was never banned or anything like that. But Frank, give us the latest on Perry and maybe a little bit of a what's next for the veteran forward.
2: Yeah, I think the league was a little bit surprised in terms of some of the reporting that was out there because you're right, there was never a moment in time that Corey Perry was barred from being an NHL player. He was eligible to sign a new contract somewhere else as an unrestricted free agent, uh, really in the hours after his contract with the Chicago Blackhawks was terminated. He had asked for a personal meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman, really to just kind of clear the air and make sure that everyone's on the same page as part of his process to eventually get back, will Corey Perry play in the NHL again this season? I have zero, like zero doubt that he will. Uh, there is a significant amount of interest in Corey Perry, and the reason for that is this guy is a gamer. Look at his totals from just this year alone—a guy that you know has turned back the clock a little bit at least before all of this unfolded. He was on track for 50-some points this year, and that part has been certainly something to behold. He did have, of course, the off-ice hiccup, which he acknowledged in his statement was alcohol-fueled and certainly uh, required a some perspective and some time to take a step back. But I can tell you this. Three NHL GMs had called me the week that he was suspended from the Blackhawks, and all of this was hanging in the balance. The question to me was, What happened? What do you know? How bad was it? And then the next thing was, what do you think the blowback would be like if we signed this guy? And so that's sort of what teams have been sorting through. I don't think Corey Perry's been ready right yet. He's gone through that process, but make no mistake, there will certainly be a number of teams interested to try and add this guy. Been to three Stanley Cup finals in a row on top of the one that he already won recently. Uh, They're in. You know, he's going to be in high demand.
0: And the other thing with Perry, one, career earnings very high, too. If you remember this $4 million deal he got with the Hawks, $2 million of that was a signing bonus, correct, Frank? So he got a decent chunk of money this year. So the assumption would be Perry wants to go to a cup contender and would probably sign for league minimum.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably the assumption to make. I think fit to him will be pretty important. He's been pretty judicious in terms of uh, choosing where he's gone in free agency when he's had the opportunity, and um, you know that part will be fascinating to see. What are the options on the table for him as you know these next days and weeks go by? To me, the the quote unquote news that we had yesterday, which really wasn't any was a fascinating trial balloon for some of these teams out there who are monitoring, hey, what will the reaction be like if we were to sign this guy?
0: So let's maybe play a little matchmaker here, Frank. I know we got some comments being like, confirm Perry to Toronto, come on. And I I think it's understandable why the Leafs would have interest. I think in my own backyard, the Edmonton Oilers have been a team under Ken Holland, not shy to give players second chances. Think back to Evander Kane a couple of years ago. Uh, Is there a team around the league, Frank, that you look at and go they make sense.
2: Yeah. I think you hit on two of them. Toronto, I think is certainly interesting. He, you know, makes his, you know, summer off season home in London. So not too far away. Also not too far away from that is Detroit. Like we've seen them pounce on Patrick Kane this year as a free agent that had some question marks about his health and his game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Steve Eiserman take a stab, but you know, what about some of the other, you know, key cup contenders in the league? Is there another place that would really like to try and bring him in i I don't know that colorado necessarily makes sense from a wing perspective you know what about uh the new york rangers like they'd be a team that i'd be fascinated by just from a a wing perspective that they could throw him right into their lineup and he'd be an interesting fit so um it depends on what these teams have you know and their tolerance for whatever that uh social social commentary might be
0: Corey Perry had four goals in 16 games with the Hawks before the contract was terminated. So I'm not great at math, but that's a 20-goal pace, Frank. So a lot of teams would love to add a 20-goal guy with some bite to their bottom six. We'll have more on that as news develops. Uh, let's talk about maybe a little bit of what we're going to see tonight, Frank. And it's the Seattle Kraken, one of many teams looking to keep their long winning streaks going tonight. But this Kraken team is red hot. You look at that record on the year in yakke, yeah, They've only won 17 games they've lost 23 but the loser points have kept them alive or did keep them alive for a while and then bang a nice little seven game winning streak and it's really been on the back of joey decord frank since december 1st joey decord has a 948 save percentage those numbers on the season are absolutely sparkling i can keep going with the decord numbers that are just staggering they have points in 10 straight starts by this guy Are the Seattle Kraken proving they're a legit playoff team, or are they simply still a mediocre group riding a hot goalie?
2: I tend to lean towards a mediocre group that's riding a hot goalie. Now, the Kraken have finally gotten goaltending for the first significant or prolonged stretch in their franchise history. You see what a difference it's making. Even last year, um, you know, Martin Jones, 40 some games last year, 47 appearances, I think he made. And The numbers, save percentage wise, still weren't sparkling, yet they became a playoff team. The scoring hasn't been there in terms of coming at you in waves like the Kraken were last year. I think they're a scrappy team that works, that is really missing the upper end, upper echelon star talent to be able to help put them over the top. And, you know, they may be a playoff contender. Like, I think it's fair to include them into the mix with. Arizona and Nashville and maybe St. Louis, whoever else you're gonna put there, uh, to, um, you know, be in that category. but are they a are they a playoff team for sure? No, And more than that, are they a threat? And the answer is absolutely not. No matter, you know the fact that they won around and came within a game seven of winning two, um, I think this team is probably a pretty long way off from being there. And you look at the seven teams that are in playoff slots in the West, like it's, it's murderers row. We've been calling it a meat grinder. You know, if you want the, the nice sort of pat on the back of, Hey, you made the playoffs as the eight seed and to, you know, play spoiler. If, if Joey Decord continues to play well, fun story, but I don't think it's anything more than that.
0: Yeah, and I think you kind of hit it on the head there. Or have they proven they've separated themselves from that pack that we call the mushy middle in the West? No, and I still think scoring is going to be a big problem here. Over the course of this 11-game heat or 10-game heater, they only have one player sitting at a point per game or better. And despite the fact they have 10 five on 5 goals in the last three games, they're still 28th in the NHL in 5v5 goals per 60. I don't think this team is magically going to snap their fingers and start scoring I think what's more likely is Joey Decord. I'm not saying he crashes or anything like that, but he comes back to a little bit of a league average kind of goalie. And when that happens, I just sit there and go, I I don't think they're going to be able to outscore average goaltending.
2: I think you're right, but I will say that I'm a believer in Joey Decord. I don't think he's, you know, in the category of the six elite or seven elite goalies in the league, but I do think that he could be north of league average. And I think his current style of play is the new modern way that NHL goalie should be playing. And I think that gives them a significant leg up. And I think he's not going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Yeah. And another thing with the cord to wrap this up, this isn't a 33 or 35 year old journeyman. Who's just magically found some groove. He's only 27. I know he's, he's- had a couple of stops, expansion draft, all of that, but like there is reason to believe this guy still has a lot of good hockey in front of him. And this is him just finding himself at the NHL level.
2: Yeah, it's a non-traditional path for sure going through Arizona State, but you have to keep in mind his pedigree that he's someone whose dad was one of the foremost goalie coach experts, you know, for the last couple decades and still works with NHL talent. This is someone whose game has been crafted and honed pretty carefully here.
0: All right, let's move along to one of the most dominating stories we got so far this season. It's Gauthier, the Flyers, Torts, the Ducks, all of that stuff, Frank. And yesterday we talked about the fact that we hadn't really heard from Cutter Gauthier while well, that silence was broken, as he did an in interview. And before we give our take on it, let's hear a clip of what Cutter Gauthier had to say yesterday.
2: Yeah, it's kind of tough to talk about. Um, I'd like to announce that, like, it's the uh, personal matter between myself and my family and my agent, uh, Kurt. I did see one thing going around the Internet that I would like to uh, specifically address about the uh, rumors about Kevin Hayes. And I would like to uh, officially say that he had zero, zero um, conflict with anything that had to do with the trade. And seeing all
0: that stuff is pretty ruthless from what people are saying for that. But Kevin Hayes had nothing to do with uh, the situation at hand. and. Um, can't really talk too much about it, but going to keep
2: it to uh, myself and my family and uh, my agent.
0: So here's where he loses me a little bit. And he was appearing on the duck stream on the official ducks. YouTube, Frank is there's another quote going around from Goche that says it wasn't one specific reason why I asked for a trade. It was multiple reoccurring issues that I'd seen over the past year and a half, two years of being under the Flyers organization. It kind of hit me all at once thinking I can't move forward with it. So again, not, not to crap on the guy too much, but like, Which one is it? Is it personal or is it multiple recurring issues with the Flyers organization? Because you can't have both.
2: No, the answer is this is just complete BS. Not only did he not have a real reason, but I think the thing that really rubs everyone the wrong way is that he wasn't able to verbalize it. And frankly, not even willing to have a meeting with the Flyers to express his concerns or issues. Not only that, but going back a number of months, you're dealing with a totally different regime. So here's my take, and and I, I think at some point we can finally drop the story, is this is the NHL. This is a man's league. You got to stand up and put your big boy pants on and have a hard face-to-face conversation. I think everyone can respect you if you just make the determination, even if it's for no reason at all, which you don't need one, that you don't want to play for the Flyers. But if it's for a made up reason, if it's for a reason that you Uh, you know, the flyers could change or maybe they've already even worked through. I think you at least owe people who have invested in you the benefit of having a conversation. And when the league sends multiple on or the team sends multiple envoys to you in Boston, when the president and the GM fly to Sweden to make one last ditch effort to get you face to face and you send other people out to do your bidding for you, you have your agent make a cheesy statement. Saying that this is private, everyone can see right through it. And again, he doesn't need or owe anyone a reason. But when you don't have anything behind it and you force your way out and this chaos ensues, then that's on you to step up and address it yourself. And I think what we're seeing here is a real lack of maturity.
0: Yeah. And I mean, listen, I don't need to, or I don't mean to pile on a 19, 20 year old kid all that much. But also when people do the whole, he's a kid. OK, he's not 14, everybody like he is above the age of 18. He should have some sense of maturity. And if you don't want to rip him, rip the adults in the room. Where's his representatives being like, hey, you know what? Let's get in front of this or, hey, Cutter, we think you should talk to them and say your side to just go silent, I think, is is the problem here. Um, And OK, yeah,
2: I learned I learned a fact today. I just did Leafs morning take and they were the super sleuths, I guess, on the Internet. His, his actual first name is William. So what if we just started calling him William Gauthier?
0: Willy Goats. All right, sure. Uh, this story also had another bit of a wrinkle yesterday out in Philadelphia when John Tortorella had felt something to say in his postgame press conference. Let's take a listen in.
3: Is the guy here, is there, doesn't, the guy here that, that caused Kevin Hayes a problem? Yes. You? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You think Kevin Hayes is going to do something like that? Any
2: last questions? Person letting the first two
3: him. It, it just it pisses me off that, that you guys throw that around and affect someone's life. You know, Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement how to play. That's a good man. That's a good man. And, and what you said is going to stay with them. It'll it'll. That, that's what you guys don't understand. You say something and you're going to sit there and say you have the right sources. I call. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Frank, what did you make of uh, Torts snapping back? Anthony Sanfilippo, who is going to join us in a couple of minutes. We're going to get his side of things. But what did you make of the snapback from Torts? Uh,
2: Cats living with dogs. John Tortorella coming to the aid of Kevin Hayes. What's next? Palestinians and Israelis, you know, coexisting. Uh, I I mean, I say that last part in jest, but like it was definitely surprising to me to hear um, a, a story that was like kind of mostly dead and buried that John Tortorella went and dug it up again. And, and more to the point, um, I think the context is important and I'm really glad that we have Anthony Sanfilippo coming up in just a second to help add to that because like there's multiple angles and sides to every story and not everything is as easy as, you know, one eight second clip that someone wants to run on social media and all of the clowns and assholes that follow up. With the commentary that they've had for Kevin Hayes, Cutter Gauthier, and others, including Anthony himself. Um, I think I was just surprised to see him sort of post-game press conference, uh, you know, take a run and, and good for Anthony to he's in the room, stands there and acknowledges it. Um, the next part is like, where, you know, where do we go from here? And I think the unfortunate part is that you know, as all of this has unfolded, the Flyers are in basically full-on damage control mode as they've been spurned uh, by their top prospect and one of the top five prospects in the league. They're trying to basically, you know, appeal to their fan base here. It seems like the story has kind of been everything but the fact that one of the top prospects in the league told them basically, you know, he's not coming. And so that part hurts. And so I think the fact that they went on the offensive and the fact that there were other you know, things happening here um, and the sort of praise that's been heaped on Jamie Drysdale and everything, it's been a lot to detract away from one of the NHL's crown jewel franchises that um, was told no by a prominent player.
0: All right, let's continue this conversation and get into today's edition of the All 32. The All 32 is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. You download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. It is winter. It is cold, likely, depending on where you're watching from. You don't want to be getting in your car, going out to a restaurant. Let DoorDash deliver dinner to you. Tonight, uh, Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad joins us on the show first off anthony thank you so much for hopping on and, and we're excited to give you a chance to say your side of things here um we just saw the clip of john tortorella and i guess my first question is what what's your what was your first reaction to that like what's going through your head as tortorella calls you out
3: I, I really wasn't expecting i don't think anybody was expecting it like frank said um no one was really expecting him to just bring that up in a, in a post game situation no less i mean we're there talking about just what happened on the ice um and so, of course, as soon as I see him start looking around the room, and I happen to walk into the room late because I was getting ready to do an interview with Travis Sanheim for the post game um, for my podcast, and they they asked if we could do it after Torts, so I ran in there, and so I was standing off to the side, and he's looking out over the crowd, and when I finally he's like, "It was the guy here with," the-? and I like, "Yeah, I'm right here," and he's like, and then he went when he went off, I was like, "Okay," I have a, I had a sense that he wanted me to kind of get into a little bit of a sparring match with him on it. But I'm not, you know, I don't believe in making myself a story. Um, that's not what I'm here to do. That's not what my job is. And so, therefore, I was just going to stand there and, you know, let him say what he had to say. And, you know, I'll talk with John down the line. We'll we'll get together and have a private conversation. But, uh, yeah, kind of caught, caught me off guard a little bit. But, hey, I, I give him credit. I, I give him credit from, from this perspective. And I think that Frank kind of leaned into this a little bit here just before I came on the team has to really try and put out a message that this is a place that players can want to come play that Philadelphia can still be a hockey destination location. And I think that on Monday, when you had um, Dan Hilferty, who's the CEO of Comcast Spectacore um, Keith Jones and Danny Briere all come out and speak with the same message that was very coordinated. It was very good by them. And, but that was a message for the fans. I think what Torts did with me was a message to players, both the players currently in his room and players outside of the organization who may eventually consider one day coming to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. So I I think that was why he did it. And, And look, I get it. That's not the first time I've I've been yelled at by somebody over something I've reported. Matter of fact, Frank took some shrapnel for me once. Uh, Somebody (laughs) thought that a report that I made was written by him and yelled at him because it was an Italian reporter with the last name beginning with S. So (laughs) I thank you for that. Still, Frank.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the the backstory there is actually pretty funny. It was Michael Layton. And one day I came in the locker room, you know, so Anthony and I had covered the team at the same time for a while. And he starts yelling at me. He's like, Why did you call my? I forget who it was. So you called someone, his dad or his his agent or something. I him he agent, starts, yeah. yeah, he starts screaming at me. And I'm like, What are you talking about? Like, I don't even know you. You just got here. And he's like, I know it was you, an Italian last name that begins with S. And then I'm like, San Filippo, <laughs> that guy over there. He's like, Oh, maybe could have been. Sorry about that. And then we just kind of moved on. But um, and you know, I, I'm again glad that you you here to provide some additional context. Like we've sure. heard some really full throated, you know, denials from Torts and from yeah. Kevin Hayes specifically, and then you saw the clip with Cutter Gauthier. So, like, walk us through where you're at. Like, you know, you're reporting like there's obviously a disconnect here between, you know, what you said, you know, maybe the larger context to it, and and what the overall intention was. So. Obviously, you're not walking it back, but like fill us in here. Like, where how did how did we get here?
3: So yeah, so keep in mind. So we all get the news at the same time. This was not something that leaked out early. We all get it within that you know five minutes into the uh, start of the game on Monday night. We all get a message that this trade happened, Um, and you know we knew we were going to talk to Danny uh, at the first intermission. Um, and in the meantime, I'm like, all right, I got to start putting a story together. And so I'm I'm getting a couple of text messages from people, and it says, yeah, you, know, you need to you need to look into this, you need to check into this because, you know, Kevin was a guy who was very you know influential with Cutter once the Flyers drafted him, and you know, even the Flyers sent him out, you know, to said, hey, go talk to this kid, get you know get to know him, let bring him into the team a little bit. So that was part of it. And so I started asking around, and I had multiple people from within the organization and prominent people within the organization get back to me and they were saying yeah he he talked a lot to to cutter and said some things to cutter and we we feel like that's part of this and that's that's you know what's going to come out and so i put it out there at the end of the intermission so this is second uh, first intermission we had briere second intermission i had dan hilferty on and dan hilferty saying the things that he said on our show which also went pretty viral and at the very end of that, like I just kind of threw it out there at the end and said, you know, his finger, Kevin Hayes has some fingerprints on this thing. Do I think it was intentional? Do I think he's hand walking him down through the process into last week, saying, "Don't ever talk to the Flyers, don't play there," you know, blah, blah blah. No, not at all. I never made it sound like that, and and the fact that I got turned into that is kind of crazy. But at the same time, when you part, start putting all of the pieces together of why Cutter Gauthier is not with the Flyers any longer and you went over some of it, this was part of it. And this was the very beginning. This was the very first things that we heard. Of course, we find out later, you know, the next day, some more reporting comes out that, yeah, there was some stuff with him wanting uh, a guaranteed spot and they wouldn't give it to him and he might have to go to the AHL and stuff with contracts and all those other things. And so, yes, there are are several pieces that kind of fit together for sure. But if anybody's going to sit here and think that it's only one thing or only – there are multiple things that could have been tied into it. And so yeah, I know people are going to deny it. People are going to come out publicly and, and besmirch my report. It's okay. It's fine. I'm I'm not gonna walk away from it. I don't like being part of the story, but at the same time, I'm also not gonna sit there and take, you know, be intimidated into changing changing a report or retracting it.
2: So is this is this story dead now in, in your eyes? Like where does this go from here? Like obviously, you know, you, you said that you regret being part of it. I'm sure you were, you know, part of the reporting process and what the fallout has been for Kevin Hayes has probably been tough for you to deal with as well. well I mean, look, I mean, I, I thought yesterday it
3: was going to be done. You know, I had talked to some people yesterday. Were like, yeah, it's, it's going to be over with. And then. Torce brings it back up and here we are today. I'm on your show and I'm sure other the people are going to be talking about it for the next 36 hours. So, Hey, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, we keep going and we keep moving forward and, you know, Hey, if something else comes up, I'm going to vet it. I'm going to check it out. And if it's, if it's legit, I'll put it out there. I mean, I'm not going to change what I do. Um, You know, I mean, I, you know, Frank, how it is like 75 percent of the things we hear, we don't ever report because we can't confirm it or we can't vet it. It's not until we get somebody who can we can trust to say, okay, yeah, that's good. That's worth putting out there. So, I mean, you know, if something else comes up like I wrote this morning, you know, I'll I'll still say it. I'll still put it out there. I'm not going to change how I operate and what I do.
2: Yeah, there's probably some commentary there on social media and how our world operates now. Um, just to put a bow on on this this trade and this week and how crazy this has been, I know you said that you believe that it's multiple things that sort of led to this. In your best estimation, can you put your finger on exactly why Cutter was so turned off by the Flyers?
3: I, I, I think we've gotten to – I cannot. I cannot give you an exact. But what I think what we've gotten is we've gotten to a point now – Think about what college athletes in in, in U.S. are, are do, doing now with NILs, right? I mean, they they pretty much have a lot more control over themselves going forward, and a lot more. They feel like they're a little bit more entitled now than they ever were before. And so, I think that there might be a little bit of that. Like, you, I, I'm I expect to become be able to leave after my freshman year, come in and be on an NHL roster. Well, no, we don't really believe that that's the way it should go. You still have to earn a job. You still have to earn a spot. And so, like, I think a combination of those things, and, and really, I, I think you guys were, were spot on when you said, where are the adults in the room? Like, that, that somebody needs to be better at advising him um, that maybe this isn't right, the right way to go about this at this point. So, like, I think that like, there are a lot of little things that probably added up. I don't know what his primary reason that's personal But I think that they're look. Guys talk all the time. I'm sure it'll. I'm sure eventually we will all learn what it is. But right now, I I I don't think that there's an exact one answer to to that question.
0: This week's edition of the All Thirty Two delivered by DoorDash Anthony. First off, appreciate you coming on, giving us the context. Thanks for being a good sport and doing this, man. And uh,
3: we'll chat soon. Yeah, anytime, boys.
0: Anthony San Filippo from Crossing Broad. Frank, let's move along to our Tourism Jasper. Hashtag Ask DFO question of the show. And actually, one thing we didn't touch on earlier, so I'll use this as a chance to throw your way. We did see Jamie Drysdale make his Flyers debut yesterday. Slap a letter grade on it. He picked up a point. I'd give him like an A or an A+. Frank, you look great.
2: Yeah, it's certainly a good grade for his debut with the Flyers. A lot happening. You know, you go on a road trip as an Anaheim Duck. You're in Nashville. You get the call not an incredibly far flight to Philly, but your whole life is left back in California. And so you're thinking, what does this mean? I got to sell my house or wherever I'm living. How do I pack up and, and do this while everything's happening? And so to settle in, play some power play time with the flyers where you're going to be a stalwart for the next 10 years and pick up a point on that power play, have some unreal grade A chances in OT that he just missed on. Uh, the Flyers fan base seemed really excited to have him, and certainly uh, he seemed, you know, juiced up by the opportunity. So, uh, all things considered, with what's been happening around, you know, him in the last 24 to 48 hours, um, certainly a high marks for Jamie Drysdale on his debut.
0: And uh, the chat is the the YouTube chat is hostile today. I can't even flip through there fast enough to find any questions. But let me throw this your way, Frank. There are four teams right now in the NHL on winning streaks of seven games or longer, and they are all in action tonight. Florida's playing LA, Edmonton's playing Detroit, Seattle's playing Washington, Winnipeg's playing Chicago. I think we'd all agree, Winnipeg has the best chance of extending their heater, but between the Florida-LA, Edmonton-Detroit-Seattle-Washington matchup, which team's in the most danger tonight of losing their winning streak?
2: I kind of feel like the Oilers are probably due for one. They've been not only really good, but just um, on fire. I, I mean... It'd be easy to say the Kings could top the Panthers too. So um, I don't know. I'll say I'm going to go with the Oilers.
0: Yeah, that was uh, my prediction at the beginning of the month actually was that the Oilers would uh, drop this game in uh, on their road trip. Let's move along to our Botano daily bets for the day. Nailed my shot prop yesterday. Took until overtime for Morgan Frost to get his second shot of the game. Our daily bets, as always, brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. I got three for you. And I'll start with what I'll call my sprinkle play. It's, it's just a little, little half unit play. Cole Perfetti to score a goal against the Hawks tonight is plus 245. This guy has scored in three straight games. is coming off a two-goal performance. And come on, the Jets should be able to get some offense going here tonight. Perfetti at that price, I think, is tremendous value. I usually don't bet goal scores, but I love this spot for the Jets' youngster. I'm also taking the Leafs on the money line this evening for a couple of reasons. The Leafs are also pretty hot. Winners of four in a row. Islanders have lost back-to-back games. The Islanders, when you just look straight up on the money line, under 500 on home ice. The Leafs straight up on the money line on the road, above 500 at 11 and eight. So I like the Leafs at this price point on the road in Long Island. And finally, yes, a shot prop parlay. Two players at plus or at over one and a half. It's Adam Henrique of the ducks hit this in eight of 10. Ilya Mikheyev hit this in seven of 10, four of five and three plus shots in three of those games as well. He's been hammering pucks on net, play them together at plus 189, Frank. And those are my three plays for the day, which brings us to garbage time. And it's brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face off survivor pool and the bacon portobello mushroom melt back for a limited time. I'm still alive tonight over on the daily face off Wendy's game. So I'm looking to cook into the weekend here. A dis- oh, here you go. Oh, let's take a look at what I can, uh, what I can scoop up here. I honestly don't really like any of these. I might go Rangers over 33 and a half shots and just throw a Hail Mary up with that. So there you go. Shout out to Wendy's in the daily Faceoff survivor game. Uh, Frank, what do you got for garbage time?
2: What about uh, a Kempe assist there? I like that. It's not a bad play. Um, what? garbage time. Look, this was a Flyers heavy show. We talked about Cutter Gautier, we talked about. Uh, jamie drysdale a little bit we talked about everything that's unfolded here involving kevin hayes but in a week in which the flyers were kind of kicked around by cutter Gauthier, wanted to give their organization some love because i think they did a really smart thing in one of the first things danny briere did when he made the trade he asked jamie drysdale hey do you think your parents would like to come see your first game as a flyer so They got him on a plane and got them down from Toronto for him to make his debut in short order against the Montreal Canadiens. Like I said, great game, but I just think little touches like that go a really long way in any organization for making players feel good about everything that's happening there. The Flyers needed some of that, but I would say that this is not performative. That's the norm for them, which kind of has made this whole cutter thing that much more surprising.
0: Yeah. Great little moment there. I love the video of his parents in attendance for his debut with the Flyers. And that's going to be a wrap on today's edition of the show. But I'm going to leave you with this, Frank. New episode of the DFO Rundown today. You shared a great story. People are going to have to listen to the pod to understand why I can flash up this Photoshop on our screen. Huh? Yeah,
2: it- it's you're going to have to go listen to my life problem and and what unfolded in the last couple days here with some crazy storms we had in Philly.
0: Uh, good stuff. YouTube chat, you were great. Shout out to Anthony Filippo as well for joining us on the show. That's a wrap. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday edition with our pal Stephen Ellis. Chat with you at noon Eastern.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
3: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.